Agents Podcast. Today's podcast is brought to you by Power ISA, the industry experts in real estate ISAs. Get more appointments. Make sure your follow-up gets done on time and you get the most out of your leads. Get a great ISA for real estate on your team and watch the results roll in. Power ISA has served over 1,200 agents in the U.S. and Canada since 2015, and it's the one-stop shop for everything you need to get a great inside sales agent on your team. Whether it's setting appointments with your internet leads or making outbound prospecting calls to help you get more listings, Power ISA can get it done for you. Visit PowerISA.com forward slash LCA to get started. That's PowerISA.com forward slash LCA. One of the most common topics in today's world, not just real estate, but in today's world, but especially real estate, is conversations around AI. Some good, some bad. I'd say more on the good side in the sense of how it can create efficiencies for your business and all of the different ways that you can use it. And as I was racking my brain recently about talking to a guest who can talk the talk, walk the walk, and can help you, the listener, understand the best ways for you to build AI into your business, how to use AI. You know what I say. I say that uh, AI may not in the short term replace humans, but those who don't embrace it will likely be looking up at those who do embrace it. And that is going to be the big difference in the future of your business. And that is why I reached out to Chris Tam, who has a very rich background in not only real estate, mortgage, insurance, uh, building a platform that all of you know called Firepoint, uh, but now has gone super deep uh, in AI and automation. And Chris, I'm I'm watching, I'm seeing you and Tristan talking about this all the time. And frankly, I just thought, hey guys, can I can I talk to Chris? And and that's why we're here, dude. I'm I'm excited to have this conversation with you. Welcome to the Lab Code Agents Podcast. Yeah, thanks for having me here. And it's super interesting conversation in general, as far as what it can do, where it's going. I mean, there's tons of uh, proposed experts. Um, I think it's great just to have the conversation, see where everybody sees it going and kind of what the collective genius ends up doing with it. I, I love how you said that too, because AI is kind of a lot like social media. There really is no true quote unquote expert because there's no formal education in this. There's no deep rooted background in this. It's just like come, you know, out of nowhere as a freaking tornado. And now here we are and we are becoming, there are becoming experts by the use that, you know, how much they're using it, how much they're testing it. And, you know, I can speak to that in the social space. And that's why I'm excited to talk to you today because we're, I think we're going to go deep. I'm going to listen, folks. I'm going to ask Chris questions on how this is going to benefit you. And uh, so you want to stay, stay tuned in, but before we get there, let's set the stage on who this Chris Tam is. Some of you know him very well. Some may not know him at all. So Chris, tell us your story. How did you, what led you to where you are today and kind of uh, positioned you in this, in this place? Yeah. Um, so we'll try and keep it in a little bit of a box. I come from more of a corporate America background. So super structured. I mean, everything in place, um, run large teams and worked in large scaled organizations and got into real estate 2010, um, built a real estate team, closed over 400 homes a year. Uh, we were largest in Colorado at that time, um, built a title company, joint venture. And then 
from there, got in and was the founder and CEO of Firepoint Solutions. So built a CRM. Uh, we ran hundreds of teams, processes behind the scenes, their agents and automation and deep reporting. And that didn't finish what I wanted to do in business, though. And so around 2017, uh, our operating team, we started three other companies. We have a marketing company, Task Services, that has transitioned into AI and automation almost fully. Um, we started Ownership Mortgage, Ownership Insurance, uh, which have hundreds of partners there in the real estate space. And then more recently, in the past couple of years, when we started building AI and automation into the mortgage company, the marketing company, and the insurance company, we started getting a lot of attention with it. So I get picked up by a couple of different large business coaching organizations, the number one, number two in the world. And I speak internationally to business owners and to executives, training them not on chat GPT, but how to use AI in their businesses to get that 10X, that 100X leverage and how to be creative with it. And so we've done a lot of different AI implementations. We have some pretty large projects, even in the real estate space now, but we've done AI and machine learning conversions for healthcare, employer benefits, obviously a lot of different places in the real estate space. And so we've got to see a lot of just really neat use cases as far as how people are putting this together and how they're using a real world. And so there's obviously the real world today, how you can make money, get leverage, but there's also like looking at the next days, weeks, months, and years, but even the next weeks and months, uh, those tools continue to roll out. So super important to kind of keep the finger on the pulse of the market and what's happening, because I, I don't personally want to overlook that tool that'll give me the next 10x leverage, mm -hmm. but we can't spend all of our time just researching. Got to do our jobs and spend a little time on the craft. It's interesting um, what you say about you've been working in this. And so what you just described to me sounds much deeper rooted than what most of us know AI to be, which is technically the birth of it to most of us was really November. Uh, yeah, it's been kind of taboo, but not mainstream, like it all of a sudden just like got shot out of a cannon. So yeah, how long have you been working on AI? So I've this goes back, um, not for me to the 1980s, I would have been too long, um, but we've been working on it for five years, um, pretty deep as far as implementing pieces of it. And now kind of the, the public launch is just because now it's cheap and it's consumer use. And so a lot of people are just adopting it in larger and seeing how they can use it. But it really, I mean, if it goes back to the 1980s, the conference, uh, artificial intelligence conference, 1980 in Stanford, expert systems. I mean, there were computer programs that could draw. There was this, like all this, the text writing stuff. This is all back in the 1980s. I mean, it started back with DARPA in the 60s, but there have been people using these tools for the last 40 years. I know some people personally that were using these tools 20 years ago, not under the same names they are, but inside of other big scaled businesses where computers were making decisions, changing and tweaking things, and actually organizing uh, labor and how systems run. So for some people, they've been using this back for 40 years. And for some people, it's the last four months. Yeah, yeah. What What do you think is it that caused us to get to the place that we are today? You know, what is it that took, I guess, so long? Because I think for most of our listeners, myself included, again, you know, I know AI has existed, but it just was kind of over my head, right? You know, and I knew kind of what it was. You think about bots, that's, that's the way I would kind of articulate it. Uh, but now, all of a sudden, again, it's become like if you're not playing around with ChatGPT, you're literally living under a rock. And yeah. and so what what is what was it that caused that really to happen just this past fall? Um, I think it's marketing and it's just packaging a product in a way that the consumer can use it. 
I mean, somebody could have packaged these tools five years ago and done it. It would have been more expensive, but you have all these different pieces coming together as far as how inexpensive computing power and cloud computing has been. Um, you have now this become more public. You have the collective genius of kind of the, the world's programmers coming together and figuring out what they should roll out, what people want to use. And so even the last four months, we've seen an explosion of third-party tools that are built on top of these as the scaffolding. And that's where I think the everyday person starts to get excited when they see, hey, I don't have to read that, or I don't have to write that, or I don't have to analyze that. They start really seeing their life changing. Whereas previously, yeah, it made Expedia booking a little bit easier. And I loved when I typed an email, it would auto-complete part of a sentence. That's still AI, but it's the use case that gets people excited about it. So these are the use cases that are now getting attention. And even some of the next use cases that are either being held back or not released yet, um, it's the use case that gets people emotionally excited when they can see, okay, that can save me 20 minutes today, or that can help me spend more time with my family. That's where people really start to get adoption. And the corporate space, you had like the AI summer and the AI winters. And in the AI winters, most corporations went and said, hey, we're just going to develop this for ourselves. We want that 10x leverage. We don't want other people knowing about it. We don't want to share but now that it's out in the open with the consumer tools, everybody now knows it's possible. And that's where you start to see like the societal change. It's funny. Scarcity mindset, huh? It's yeah. funny how funny how that was. That, that runs rampant in our industry too. Yep. Uh, so, okay. So now here we are. And like you mentioned some examples of AI pre chat GPT. Uh, now here we are, you know, chat GPT came around. We're asking questions. It's the way I describe it to people is that, and I, I use this example. So I speak on like, you know, technology, social, how it's going to affect real estate. And every year as I was doing this, uh, I've done this for the last few years, I go to Google in January to, you know, and throughout the year to update my presentation. I ask it questions. I read a bunch of articles. This year, I did the same process, takes me several hours. And then I went to ChatGPT and asked it the same question. And it basically summarized what took me several hours in, you know, 10 seconds. And then I was, I was pissed for a minute, like, damn it. I just wasted all that time. Uh, but you know, it just, it kind of dawned on me and it made me realize like, holy crap, like this is, it's going to save me so much time. Um, but then there's the other side of the coin where I'm thinking about, is this going to make a lazy society even lazier? <laughs> and, 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 and the way I think about it, which I want to go deeper on when it comes to like helping me with captioning, scripting, blog writing, uh, ideas for content, which is a very, you know, common thing that most real estate agents are, are living in that world. You know, is it going to get to the point, are the, are the receiving platforms, Google SEO type platforms, Facebooks, Instagrams, you know, are they going to build their algorithms or are their algorithms or are they going to learn what is AI driven versus what has human element or is human driven and actually reward human over AI. Do you see that as a potential quote unquote threat to the human that thinks this is going to replace effort? I don't, man, that's a great question. Um, I think there's a couple of pieces there. One, the idea of picking up a, a power drill instead of using a whatever a hand crank that's still a choice artisans are still going to exist and people that use automation are still going to exist and i think one of the neat piece about what we're seeing with this is that there's always those fears of am i going to be watching a thousand youtube videos and none of those people are real 
I think all of us would choose to engage with content where there's relationship. So if I knew there was a, a Jeff Fitzer AI or Jeff Fitzer real, I'm going to watch the real one because I actually care about the emotions, the connections, and I care about seeing who you actually are, not just seeing your content. I can go read unlimited content anytime I want to already. And so I think it gives more leverage to the people that are diligent, but there's always going to be people that are going to say, Hey, I'm going to go pump out 10,000 blog articles and whatever. That's not necessarily going to help you because even today, if you don't put those up in the right places, if you don't use the right keywords, if you just like we've seen people um, just go put tons and tons of content out there. Well, that might dilute the keywords they're actually going for from an SEO perspective. And more is not necessarily better. Real and engaging and personal is still better. And so you're going to see kind of a flood of probably a lot of people doing it the wrong way and are going to hurt themselves, which will let the people doing it the right way stand out even more because they're just doing more of the wrong thing. And then from the standpoint of how we use them, the tools are changing so fast. I think it's a little bit more of how do we just prepare ourselves for what's coming? Because the platforms are adjusting. Um, it's getting harder to tell between AI written and human written. But what it goes down to, like with a lot of like, let's pick on the Google algorithms, is how are people engaging with it? Just because you have a lot of content, if people aren't going to engage and if it's not useful to them, then it's not going to matter. There's just going to be a bigger sea that they have to surf through to figure out who to elevate to the top. And there's still only, say, 10 spots and the one through 10 on Google. Uh, it doesn't, unless you're beating everybody else, they got the same increase you did. So there's this opportunity time right now where, like what you just saw, you using that just gave you seven hours back every time you do the activity with your family or with whatever else you like. You got the reward of putting in that time to learn how to do it. And I think that's a personal choice. Some people are going to double down and work twice as much, get twice as much done with these tools. And some people are going to take half their time off and enjoy the leverage they got from it, kind of like the industrial revolution. We don't have to go chop our wood anymore. Um, and so I think it still comes back to who we are as humans. If we're lazy, we're probably inherently lazy in almost everything we do. If we're diligent, we're probably diligent in most things that we do. Um, so I think it just gives more leverage to the diligent people that will figure this out and that will keep working it the right way. And it's just going to help Somebody that, and I don't use lazy as a pejorative, but if somebody wants to be lazy, this will allow them to be more lazy and that they're still going to get run over by somebody that wants to really hustle and use these tools. I'll use the word lazy um, because I believe that's what most of human society is. I tell people all the time when you're, when you, when you graduate to a successful leadership position, I tell them, I said, one of the hardest things to do when you get into that position is to embrace mediocrity. You're going to get so frustrated by your quote unquote employee or salespeople that don't have the same drive as you, that you will spend years barking at them and not understanding why they don't want it, even though you're giving them the tools. And, and so I think um, this is, you know, as, as it relates to this, isn't it, I love how you said that because I, I believe, and what I was thinking was the person that takes the efficiency, uh, you know, to, to now go lower their handicap, or, or to go to the beach or spend time with your family, which there's nothing wrong with that. It's a wonderful thing, but there's going to be that, that small percentage of people that, that don't look at it from that perspective. They're going to look at it from the perspective of this just saved me time. Now I can do even more. I can go deeper in something else. And, and I think that is the person, persons that are really going to elevate from the embracers, I suppose. Um, can I say yeah, something on that please. point? An interesting one that we we deal with, because we're, I say we, I've got a large group of people that we work with in this space, experts from other companies, other parts of the industry, other countries. 
And one of the things that we run into kind of very constantly is the emotional, uh, let's say the emotional cost of context switching. And that's, it's an interesting thing when you get this much leverage so quickly, like when I think about myself, if I go into a day, there are some days I'm perfectly okay with six calls. And there's some days I'm perfectly okay with 50 calls. And that's just my emotional state. What are the calls? How prepared am I? All that stuff. When you get this kind of leverage though, you take somebody that did maybe eight projects a day before, and now they could do 70 projects because that project used to take an hour is now five minutes. That one was 30 minutes is now two minutes. That one was two hours is now 30 minutes. And so it's not the idea of automating all of them, but if you can save 60, 70% of your time, one of the things that comes up is people that are used to doing 10 projects a day, there's an emotional cost to it when all of a sudden now their world is, I'm sorry, you now need to switch every five minutes to a different project. And now you're doing 60 projects a day. You need to switch fast, go to the next one, switch fast, go to the next one. You can get tremendous leverage, but if people are used to do a project, take a 15 minute break, do a project, take a 15 minute break. If you play that way in this world where you can go these big leverage tools and get things done very quickly, those people will end up still doing the same, maybe 12 projects, but now they're going to take four hours of breaks because they're going through those projects so quickly. And if they need to mentally like decompress, de-engage, uh, go get a cup of coffee, whatever, and then go engage in the next project, that's a lot of context switching for a really short project. And when people talk about the idea of like switching projects can take you 10 minutes, 20 minutes, 30 minutes to get back re-engaged, it's a tricky one because we're shortening the time that all of our tasks take with this. And it's it's a true revolution. Like if I lived through the industrial revolution, adjusting to the way we work today with the AI revolution, it is, it's a societal change. And for me, it's even been a personal change of, okay, I'm going to jump in today and expect to do triple the number of projects that I did a few months ago. And if I expect to do the same number of projects, I'm going to be burnt out a third way through the day. Yeah. Man, it's interesting. Okay, so, and I could probably just continue to talk deep with you about the psychology of this, but I want I want to bring some some very real value here because uh, I I think now we've gone so quickly from the simple I call it simplicity of ChatGPT to so many other options. You know, I mean, literally AI is being built into pretty much every product uh, that that exists. Uh, I mean, from things like Canva to, you know, the voice AI, which scares the hell out of me. I think that's going to cause way more bad than good. Um, you've got you've got cloning now, cloning AI. Uh, Tom Brady is now threatening to sue over some cloning AI. I mean, where as a real estate world, should we be focusing our energy and our efforts as it relates to AI as a way to, you know, like you said, 10X, maybe even just 2X. Yeah. And in today's world, 2X would be phenomenal because we're just struggling to get back to one. Absolutely. Um, and it's a great question. And so one of the, this might go a little bit too far. Uh, I'll definitely answer the question. The recent Goldman Sachs report um, saying that 300 million jobs are gonna be automated across the world. It was interesting that report showed that for every one person they're adding current tools add about 1.5 people of productivity to that person so kind of like what you said the idea of one person going to two and a half that double is substantial um, now because you can't automate every piece of your job ai doesn't exist in everything yet um, when i think about the tools it's it's really what you said every one of us is different and the things that I'm going to find that give me that two or 10 X leverage are going to be different than the things that you find. Cause you have different things that might hold you up. You're faster at different things. It might be slower at different things. And so am I. And so I think a big piece is 
staying connected to a conversation like this. And whether it's once a week or once every couple of weeks, still learning a couple of the tools, I definitely have kind of four or five that I use quite a bit. And I think save people a lot of time where people get stuck. We can talk through those. Yeah. But I think it's interesting because somebody could listen to this and say, well, hey, none of those help me. Well, the next one you hear about next week could be your thing. And so I think it's staying engaged in the conversation because what's available today compared to six months ago, like what you said, it is so different. Yeah. I mean, the, the fast pace that's being rolled out. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you, I mean, you said it, you, you've mentioned the industrial revolution multiple times. That was about 250 years timeline from it, from, from, you know, inception to really reaching rural areas, whereas AI now has taken months. And, and if we don't think that, that the, the, the pace, the technology is coming into a world is not going to continue to increase and speed up. It's going to be days, hours, minutes. Um, it, you're just, you're living under the rock. You're, you're living in a fantasy land. So let's go down that, that path. I mean, if, if I had to tell you, and you mentioned five, the number five of, of different uh, platforms or, or products, rank them one through five for us. And let's touch on what, what they, what they provide. Yeah. So number one for me, uh, and it is the common one, but I'm not going to go through common use cases is GPT. Um, GPT specifically, and for the most part, the upgraded version with GPT-4 uh, because of what it does and how it does some things. And so thinking about how I how I use it or how we teach our teams to use it is not necessarily the standard, like write me a paper or summarize this paper. Uh, do you mind if we talk through maybe a couple of the more specific use cases? Yeah, yeah. please. So one piece is learning how to give the prompt. Now, this is more commonly talked about, but it goes into the next pieces. Of, I had a business conversation last week on the weekend, and it was somebody that was told to uh, basically go away for a day and dream about what would fulfill you and what type of messaging you would like, um, what type of business, these types of things. That's the common, like, go away, go on a mountaintop and figure that out. And the idea of really retraining your your questions to go to GPT first, don't go in a closet first. And how you ask it, what you ask it is really important. And so we went through an exercise of typing, like, what do you like to do? What type of person are you? What gives you fulfillment? And then saying, what are 10 ideas around this one topic that could possibly give me fulfillment? And it gives 10. If none of those are right, give me 20. Make an adjustment to the statement. Give me 100. Because most of us are really good at just crossing out and working with that straw man and saying, okay, that's the two ones. I like that. That just saved a lot of time because it does understand a lot of human psychology and motivation. And the more you feed it, if you give it your disk profile, your LinkedIn profile, your job history, what jobs you liked and didn't, it figures all of that into the outcome. And so that looks closer to what a personal therapist or a personal coach looks like if you ask the question the right way, or if you just copy and paste somebody else's question like that and adjust some of the details. And then from there, kind of like that social media post of saying, what would I do for a social media plan? What are 10 uh, YouTube ideas that I could do for this? What are 10 blog ideas? Write those blogs, write those social media posts for me. And in minutes, you can have this process that spidered out into an entire business plan with 100 blog posts and all the topics and everything you need to do. And then you can even tell it to write the emails to the people to get attention to where they might become guests on your podcasts. And so just taking that concept a little bit deeper, I've tried to be like chat GPT first that if I'm going to spend five minutes thinking about it, I'd rather spend 30 seconds typing it in and seeing if I can save the rest of those four minutes. Hmm. It's funny. Somebody told me that yesterday. Uh, this is a friend. I said I had to ask AI for something. And they said, you can think for yourself. And I'm like, 
don't know if I want to anymore. <laughs> yeah. And like when I, if I call you, like when you and I chat about an idea or if I call Tristan or if I call a business coach, I have enough of my thoughts. I don't want any more of those. I want to engage a few people and get other people's thoughts. So I don't get stuck here. And it's such a quick way to get unstuck. Um, and so, and, but I've seen a lot of times when I get stuck, I'm not using that resource. And that's a constant question people ask me, are you using all your resources? And if you're not plugging in and asking that question, even, I mean, silly stuff, not that I would do this, not that I ever have fights, but if I had a fight with somebody, I mean, going in and saying, how are ways I could diffuse this that don't show my ego and that value the other person? Again, it's using it somewhat like therapy. Um, and that's, that's helpful, but I don't have to pay 350 bucks an hour to sit with that person. Mm. That's good, man. That's really good. Especially when, if, if you can recognize that your emotions are running high and if you let yourself respond, you're going to probably say something that you wish you hadn't. Now just diffuse yourself, go in and ask a robot. That's, it's kind of crazy to think about, but also brilliant at the same time. Yeah. I love um, it. A couple other of them is so legal, um, using it not as your actual attorney, but like there was one I was playing with this morning of needing to write an amendment to a partnership agreement. And so just saying like, hey, I, I can read this is I need to write an amendment to a partnership partnership agreement that defines IP and that we own the IP that's developed. There's a compensation section that shares 20% of the revenue. There's a term that defines that it auto renews every year with 60 day cancellation. And then adding the other normal provisions like mutual confidentiality, venue for arbitration in Denver, Colorado any other clauses that you think should be present. And I'm saying this to chat GPT. Yeah, yeah. And so you get the entire legal agreement and then you send it to your attorney and say, hey, can you review this really quick? Oh. I mean, it's very different to run through yeah. a review than it is to say, hey, can you draft this for me and review it? Yeah, yeah. Wow, wow. That's great. Actually, that one, that one I like because attorneys freaking gouge the hell out of us for that time. So that's a good one. Yeah. Awesome. Carry um, on. Another one is the idea of Excel. Uh, most people aren't thinking about how do I use GPT with Excel? Um, but like there was one where create for me, creating charts in Excel is horrible. I don't enjoy it. Um, but you can just copy and paste data. So you have a spreadsheet you actually just copy and paste the data. And one I wrote into Excel this, this morning also, uh, is can you write VBA? Now, if you don't understand VBA visual basic, that's what runs behind Excel. And so asking it, can you write visual basic that creates a 2d stacked area chart where, the income stream is a different color. It's just the six months and it shows October through March. If you copy and paste that data, it gives you a piece of code that looks like Greek, but it says press shift F11, copy and paste this here, hit save, then hit shift F8 and click run. And it builds the chart for you. And so you're letting it write you the code that then controls Excel. So you don't have to press any of the buttons in Excel. And I've played with like being having OCD for quite a bit like trying to get the chart right, I can spend a lot of time doing that. Instead, I just copy and paste that little sentence into GPT, adjust some of the numbers, adjust whatever I want it to do, and then copy that code back. And it's if it doesn't work, you just say, hey, it didn't work, or it only showed three months. And it says, oh, I'm sorry, try this code instead. And so in the time that previously I would call somebody, like on our team, we've had analysts and different things and say, hey, can you build me a chart for this? Can you run a forecast for this? I'm GPT first. I'm going to try and do it myself in two minutes. And if it doesn't work, then I'll go call somebody. That is nuts. I love it. Yeah. I, I had no idea. And, and I think what you just actually just when you were articulating that, that's over 99.9% .9 of our heads, just that alone. Um, and so just the, the thought that this is, and I understand Excel 
probably better than most, and I'm by no means an expert at it. Uh, but to think that I can ask it a few questions and it's going to give me instructions that yeah. uh, I have to just push some buttons. I mean, that's just, that's mind-blowing. That's fun. <laughs> that's it exciting fun. to me. Yeah. Um, can I give you two more on GPT? Yeah, please. Um, do you mind if I share a screen for this and just show? Yeah, what yeah go for it. And we, and, wa- and and talk talk the listener through it. Uh, those okay. that aren't watching, this is these are posted to to YouTube. But uh, for okay. those that are on the treadmill right now, yeah. um, so I'm I cannot screen share here. Uh, let me give you some. Let me give you some permissions. Try okay. it. Uh, try it now. Beautiful. Okay. So I'm going to walk through a couple of these. This is the idea of a lot of stuff that we do. Um, and again, how you ask it, what you're asking it, it's asking a lot of stuff here, but like if I make a hundred calls and I get two contacts and every hundred contacts, I get 30 people in my database, every 10 in my database, I do a transaction. How many calls do I need to make, to make $200,000? So if you leave any of these details out, it's going to ask you and say, well, I don't have this information, but the idea of planning for me, planning can be tough. Like I usually need to sit down with you and say, let's talk through this. Cause I can't see outside my head. But if again, GPT first, if I say, hey, what's here? And again, if you ask this to GPT 3.5 or GPT 4, you get pretty different answers. Four gives you much more of a build and much more of an explanation that I can ingest. And it literally like sets it up for me. Okay, here's your facts. And then it walks through everything. Here's how many phone calls you need to make. And again, I can ask you questions on this, but the idea of what do I need to do? Or even here's my numbers. What can I do to make more money? There's a lot of interesting things that it'll come back with. Um, and so even asking questions about, hey, how do I make this work? That goes into this next one, thinking about forecasting. And so I have an Excel spreadsheet and I, I know what I did. Like I, I know what these things were in the past and I want to do a forecast and I can't stand doing forecasts and manipulating Excel and figuring out the formulas. And so I said, hey, can you please forecast the information below for the next six months? Keep other income the same. I think property management will go up 2% a month. Coaching is going to go up 10% a month. Flips are going to decrease and end in three months. And the split on the team is going to increase 10% a month. And can you do it where I can just copy and paste this into Excel? And so it goes through and it gives me the forecast. But I couldn't copy and paste. I tried to copy and paste this and it didn't work. It just showed up as a bunch of text. And so I tell it, look, I can't copy and paste this. It just shows us one line. So apology, copy and paste this tells me what to do, paste special, and then click OK. So what I'm going to do here is let's say I'm going to pull up the spreadsheet really quick. Let me share the other screen. And for those of you that aren't seeing this, the response was actually, hey, dipshit, here's how yeah. you do it. <laughs> just, I'm kidding. I'm kidding, of course. I love that. I'm just trying to find my Excel here. Windows open. Yeah, this is fascinating. And if you're and if you're listening to this, obviously he's reading exactly what he what what we were looking at, and then you can see the responses. And so if you if you if this if there's one episode that you might want to go back and 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 dial into the to this timestamp, I would say this is definitely the one because now, Chris, you're showing us the spreadsheet. Yeah. So I, I literally just copied and pasted this and pasted it in with the question, and I just did what it said with what it gave me, and now I've got my projections. And so the idea of me spending time to figure out, hey, what happens to all these categories? And you can do this with full balance sheets, with full P&Ls. Like I've used this, if somebody wants me to take a look at a company and says, hey, can you take a look at this? I'm like, okay, send me your financials, send me your legal agreements. And usually I would disappear in a hole 
and understand the financials, come back with questions and understand the legal agreements. Who are the players? What are the risks? Now I can copy and paste the balance sheet into GPT and say, understand this and tell me what you think the risks are. And I mean, it can pass the LSATs. It can pass all these different tests itself. It knows what it needs to look for. I'm not going to trust it 100%, but I'm going to use that as my quick litmus test for a few minutes that at least advise what I read and what I go through. I don't need to spend two hours to figure it out. But then even asking the PL, uh, copy and pasting that spreadsheet in for the last six months, say, what are the trends about the PL? What are some risks? What's increasing? What's not? And it gives you some pretty good analysis about what's happening. And then you can even paste in legal documents and say, tell me what you think is missing. And again, it's not the end to test, but in a couple minutes, you get what I would normally have to either do for hours or pay somebody a lot of money to give just an analysis on. And so again, trying to use it to take over the things that I do that I really don't like doing. Wow. Incredible. You have more? More chat GPTers? Um, let me see if there's anything else there that's really worth going through. I don't think more on chat GPT. There is other stuff you can do with it. I mean, it can write Python code that controls your computer. Uh, I mean, there's different ways to use it, to have it actually do tasks for you. But I think that goes too far down the yeah. road of what people would just kind of pick up and use. I agree. And I think you've already given them ideas they probably hadn't thought of, which might have sparked other ideas as well, which is kind of the point. Absolutely. Awesome. What's next? What's number two? Um, number two for me is Descript. Um, and so Descript, I'm going to share a screen here. Um, I think Descript is super interesting. Let me figure out where I've got. Here we go. Um, if you haven't used it, it's a really interesting way to transcribe videos with AI, to generate uh, audio from AI voice, and to build presentations that you don't really have to open your mouth to, but it could be a full video and animated. And so we use it different ways where you can download a YouTube video, throw it into Descript. And like right now, if you and I did this, it would recognize there's two speakers and it would ask for your name and my name. And then it would give us an entire transcript of the entire video with who is speaking. That's super useful, depending on if you're doing other stuff in AI. But even this, I just went, I was creating a presentation about AI and automation, exactly this. And so I just had GPT uh, use our business description and LinkedIn and a customer testimonial to write kind of a one minute video transcript. And then I recorded 15 minutes of my voice and threw it into Descript and it created an AI version of my voice. And then I just copy and paste the text in and say, uh, basically, I want it to overdub and create this all in my voice. And then you hit play, slow it down by 10% because it talks a little fast. Past services, we pride ourselves on offering state-of-the-art AI and automation solutions that enable businesses to address their most pressing challenges and capitalize on emerging opportunities. We recognize that the rapid... So we don't have to go through all of it, but the idea that not all content has to be your voice anymore. Um, and it's it's emotional, like dependent. So if I'm talking a depressed voice when I'm doing the initial recording, it's going to come across very monotone. But if I talk very engaged, it's going to come across as an engaged voice. And so like creating content, putting up videos, again, I want to engage with personal content from you, but not every piece of content is meant to be social media mainframe. And so like there was a presentation I sent out that I just copied and pasted the words into how to do my voice and just sent it out. I didn't even do it. I don't want to spend the 30 minutes to say it. And so super easy to edit videos. Like we take 30 minute or five minute videos, throw them in here and you can edit it by just deleting the text, changing the text. And it does all the clipping, all the cutting, all the removing the ums automatically. Wow. 
What's a what's another use case for a, a real estate agent in this in this in for Descript? Um, so you'd have social media. I think a lot for me. It's also it's the video editing piece. If you're sending out videos, if you um, if you want to record something quick and just do a quick edit, um, it's very easy to just throw it in and just click remove ums, remove whatever, and it just does all the editing for you. So we use it mostly for editing and then for content creation. Wow, that would be useful as hell. Yeah, awesome. Um, you can you can just uh, I don't know if this is done. But let's do this really quick. You just select it all. And then here, shorten word gaps or, or remove. If it found any ums or uhs, this will be highlighted. You just click it and it says, hey, 237 are going to be removed. It pulls them all out, splices all the video. Yeah, pretty quick. Wow. That's uh, that's amazing because if, and for the, for many of you, you probably don't, have not ever edited a video, but if you've edited a video, it's time consuming, especially long form. You got to listen to the whole damn thing, probably multiple times to actually catch everything that you could potentially remove. I mean, I do this, I do this now with, uh, with, you know, highlight videos for local businesses. And oftentimes, you know, I want them to be roughly three minutes or shorter just because that's optimized for TikTok and it can go everywhere else. And uh, man, I have to take a six, seven minute video and just, it, it takes probably a couple of hours to actually go through a seven minute video, but figure out what can be cut down. You got to watch, rewatch, watch, rewatch and cut things out, man. That's and Descript probably does it in a matter of, minutes or, you know, I'm sure a short amount of time. Yeah. And even that process, what we used to do, I mean, just going through the first pass and figuring out, okay, shorten the pauses, remove the ums and the uhs. I mean, that now becomes two button clicks. That saves a lot of it. And then it's just figure out what piece of content, delete the text and it puts it all back together. Amazing. Amazing. Awesome. Anything else on Descript? You're moving to number three. Um, I think moving to number three. Okay. Yeah. So um, mid journey, I think there's two different really big image tools that we use. Um, one of them is Midjourney, and a lot of people have seen that. Um, I mean, I can share a screen here for a second. I, I don't think sure. we spend a lot of time in it. Um, Midjourney is super interesting because you have so much flexibility, and it's neat because you can go into any of these servers and you can see what people are creating. The neat part is you see exactly what they're typing to get what they want. And so, just spending five minutes scrolling and saying, "I want something realistic or cartoony or Whatever it is, you get the picture. But we use this for quite a bit of things. We've seen SEO, website development, uh, and different content creation very much change how we do this. Because in a few seconds, when somebody wants to build a website, or they want a logo, or they want a UI UX design for a software system or a screen, it's going here very quickly and just typing something like, imagine, and I want a, a luxury real estate website, homepage, um, different colors. I mean, you can type whatever you want and right away you've got four choices. And I like that one. I want four more versions. I want it to look like that other website. And so you can paste in URLs here and say, like these two different pages, but different colors. And so you don't get something that's picture perfect to use, but in five to 10 minutes on this, we've gone through 30 to 50 different versions of a website homepage. Wow. And then we want to figure out the logo. So another five minutes, we have 50 different logo choices that are wildly different based on feeding it a bunch of different choices. And then we take that, we look at how the website looks and we jump over to the GPT. And we say, I've got a website, the images were created on Midjourney, and it needs a, a header section. And then it looks like there's three other sections that have a title and a paragraph of information. And then it looks like there's a section at the bottom that has two paragraphs of information. 
Can you tell me what should be there in those and hear stuff about my business? And GPT spits out, sure, here's your header title, here's your header text. Those three others should be your call to actions or whatever, and here's what we think they should be, and here's the text. And so for us, like building a website over the past years was a six to a $12,000 exercise for our clients. And it was a lot, half of that was back and forth time with you. Do you like this? Do you not? Let's talk to the designers. Let's figure out the content. And it flips out on its head completely. In 15 minutes or 20 minutes, you or I go there. We know what we want to see. We know kind of the layouts that we like, the ones that we don't we kind of have a logo. And we have the text sent over because we did it through GPT. And we said, no, change that. I don't like that. Now a web designer takes that and does the stuff that we can't do. That's not AI automated yet. Uh, the coding, the connections, the, the DNSs, the, I don't know, the AI traffic automation, all of those. But that's now hundreds or maybe a thousand or fifteen hundred dollars instead of six, nine, or twelve thousand dollars. And for us as a business, because we built hundreds of websites, it makes the process so much easier because there's not frustration of back and forth. It's a super quick, do you like this? If not, let's go make some changes and pull it back. But we don't need to spend hundreds of dollars every turn talking to designers, waiting a few days, bringing it back to you. It becomes a super fast process. That's it's that's insane. That is really cool. I've, I've actually never looked at MidJourney. I've heard of it, but never looked at it. Yeah, and we, um, just for fun, I set up a little, we set up a server for my kids. And so they have a number they can text and it talks to it's Midjourney, it's Dolly, and it's GPT. And so they can just say, hey, I want an image of this, or can you help me with something? Um, and it because it's through text message, I can audit all of it so I can see exactly what they're doing, big brother. Um, but it allows them, well, here's a little story. We started writing children's books. Um, and and again, this may or may not apply, but in talking to them, they thought being an author was hard. And so we started talking about what is the real job of an author? It's to have something in your heart, in your head that you want to communicate that it isn't out there. And so for, for my 10-year-old, it's really hard for him to sit and write chapters and draw drawings. But he can write a control sentence, which generates a chapter. And then he can say, I don't like that. I don't like that. And all of a sudden, the chapter's done. And then he can go to mid-journey and say, I want a picture or three pictures like this. And in 10 minutes, he has a chapter, he has six pictures, and he's on to chapter number two. <laughs> That's so good. Yeah. And so just that type of leverage for us from a creative standpoint, again, I don't spend my day making pictures or making text, but if I need text, I can do it quickly now. It's almost like uh, it's going to become a ghostwriter. Yeah. To a degree. Yeah, absolutely. Wow. Awesome. Number four. Um, number four would be, it's still in images, but it's for a different use. Um, it's Dolly. Um, Dolly has a different function. And that's D-A-L-L-E? L-L-E, yep. Yeah, it was, um, it was the artist Dolly and then Wally put together. Um, but it allows you to upload an image and then highlight or erase a portion of it and then type what the image is. So different than mid-journey. Um, you're leaving the original image, but you're erasing a piece of it. And so neat in the real estate space where you put a picture of a house, you erase the backyard where the, the pool is or the whatever. And you say, it's a house uh, with a putting green. And you get four options of how the house would look with different putting greens. Or you take the kitchen and you remove the counter and you say it has this type of a counter. And so you get your full control over AI controlling what an image is. But even if you think about uh, corporate development, where you have this infill and you erase where the house is and you say, there's a 
a fourplex there, which is new and contemporary. And it literally takes sections out and rebuilds stuff that was never there before, but looks fully realistic. And so previously, like developers or anybody in commercial or even in construction, they had to go spend a lot of money with architects or with design yes. firms to do that. And now you can do it in a few seconds from home in your PJs. And so again, just leverage in those specific instances, but using it for social media posts, for creating designs, um, there's so many different places where it just takes a couple seconds now to dream whatever you want and then pull it over into whatever program you're using. Wow. Uh, give me an example. Give me an example of how a real estate agent would would use that. Um, um, so we, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I want to see. I don't know if I have an example up here. I don't take too much time. Let me see if I do. I mean, you know, one of my thoughts is just simply taking a house that they see in a subdivision, for example, and want to see how it would look in a different setting or something like that. Absolutely. Um, uh, I guess I guess you could probably do this in rooms. Like what would, okay, if we bought this refrigerator, how would it look in our kitchen? If we bought this couch, how would it look in our living room? Yeah, exactly right. I'm trying to see if I can, um, I'm just pulling up house with pool. Are all of are all of these platforms that you're mentioning, do they all have I assume there there's a paid feature that requires you to 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 pay to get what you want or are any of these all still very free? So they're they're super cheap if not free. So Dolly, I think we've in the last year we put maybe $20 into it total. So it's super inexpensive. Um GPT, I mean, if you want the upgraded one, yeah, I think it's like 10 or $20 a month, but it's not super expensive. So most of these are all in mid-journey and Discord um, is free unless you want to pay for faster processing or something else. And so most of these are all basically free tools that anybody can use. Um, an example of this is like, let's take this one and let's go ahead. I got to move my screen around. Let's edit this and let's just get rid of... So, so what gonna, he's doing is it's a house with a pool and a and a and a surrounding patio, and he's removing the pool and patio. Yeah. So house with um lush green backyard, uh wood, dark stained deck, and putting green. Oh man. Drum roll, please. Yeah. Okay, it's it's thinking. Takes a second. Yeah, let's see how fast this is going to go here. This is uh, pretty incredible. If you didn't hear what he said, so we moved the pool, the patio. He typed in house with lush green backyard, wood, dark stained deck, and putting green, and voila. So it shows us. It's so it shows us. Go back. It shows us five variations. One is the original, and then four new ones with four different options of what you asked for. Damn. Uh, and that's where iterating through this, if you wanted to just do four more, six more, eight more, yes, it takes a couple seconds each, but in the five minutes that it would take for me to upload this image somewhere else, describe what I want, pay with a credit card, get it back. I mean, the speed of how fast you can move through these and just get what you want for your images. Yeah, very quick. That is amazing. So what would you do if you wanted more, if you didn't like their options? Oh, so you just go back to um, this one edit. Uh, you can either redo what the actual edit is. Um, let's see if we can go back to this or we just generate again. Um, and so every time you, you, click this, you just, but if you click generate again, it knows that you want more options. Yeah. Cause we were saying regenerate the exact same uh, example. And the, I mean, the way these 
we don't want to get too deep into how these models are working, but how it's solving for what you're saying, it'll solve it different every time, a little bit differently. And even if it's a couple trees out of it, it's not going down a straight path where it gives you the same answer every time you hit yeah. enter. You know what I've noticed is it doesn't understand putting greens. You probably have to put in golf putting Ooh, greens. Let's try to end a golf. Because it, it put it's putting in a yard, like it's putting in a greenery area. Um, and it probably didn't understand that. That's interesting. This is doll E. And so D-A-L-L-E. And the E is, is it's not a dash. It's a dot, I guess. Yep. Uh, obviously, Google will find it very quickly for you. So I don't, I'm still not seeing like a golf yeah. putting greens. Oh, yeah. Maybe, I don't know if that is or not. It looks a little bit more golfy. Yeah, that, a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I think this is, it's one that, again, micro use case and a real estate agent or an appraiser, anybody is not going to use these tools all the time. But again, I think it's knowing the three or four that you go to when you want to solve something. And then we still do the rest of our jobs the way we do it today until those next tools roll out. So if you have a, a, a photos of an X and you want to see what you would look like with like a supermodel, this would be a fun way to, have, to toy around with this. It is. Uh, we had a little contest internally inside of our company for the best Halloween costume. Um, and so I cheated because we didn't have to see us in it. We just had to send in a picture. Oh, um, you son of a guy. But I just took a, trying to see if it's even in here. Maybe it's too old. Um, but just took a picture of me, whited out everything except above the neckline and started saying what type of Halloween costume I'm wearing. And out pops 20 different super realistic Halloween costumes that look really expensive and hard to do. Of course, none of them are real. Did you win? Um, I no, I didn't submit that way. I didn't want to uh, cheat that badly, but I showed them afterwards. That's cool. That's really fun. Awesome. All right. That's four. Drum roll for number five. Yeah. I think the, the last one from a real estate standpoint, um, would probably, I'm not going to show the full piece right now. Cause I don't have a full account set up. I've got somebody that uses it with us or for me. Um, but it's adcreative.ai, and that takes the image generation and the idea of marketing socially a little bit further, where you can put in your logo, your colors, um, kind of what you want to do. And it gives you hundreds of choices of what you want for um, Instagram posts or for YouTube or for logos on your website or for email signatures. And so it's one of those where to dream really quick. Um, for me, I don't even really know where to start sometimes. But going and saying, what do I need to do? Or you or Tristan help me understand what I need to do uh, from these different areas then go to ad creative and say, okay, give me a hundred ideas. And I don't have to go type into mid journey exactly what I want. It does that for me. It's built around this entire advertising and social media space. And it's much easier for me to pull that up and say, huh? Yeah, I could do a post. There's the image for it. I could say, I want to do this on a certain topic, go get the text. And then now I've got everything that I need. Um, and so it's kind of putting a little bit of the GPT and mid journey and Dolly on steroids specifically for the marketing and social media. Wow. You know what I was just thinking? We are going to have to, I'm going to have to just make you like a regular reoccurring guest like every other month and talk about, I'm just going to save my notes from each episode and we're going to, we're going to jump back in because I think this is going to be so useful for our listeners. And you're also going to see, because I can, I can predict right now that the conversation that we will have, let's just say in June will probably be far different than the conversation we're having today. I, I'm sure 
some of these five will still be in the top five, but I guarantee there's going to be new ones. And I also guarantee there's going to be evolution of the ones that already exist uh, and use cases and this sort of thing. Uh, Chris, this is fascinating. We're running against the clock. I, I know your time is, is very valuable. Uh, this is, this is awesome, man. I mean, uh, listen, if, if, again, if you're, if you're listening today and, and you've stuck with us here, you need to understand that if, and if you didn't understand that after today, you're never going to understand it. If this is not your jumping off point to get more serious about this, I'm, I'm thinking it for myself. I've really only dabbled in two different AI. I mean, I, I've dabbled by watching some things, but uh, ChatGPT and Syllabi. And I don't know if you've played around with Syllabi. It's our friend, Austin Armstrong's. It's very specific to building a social media strategy. Uh, very cool platform. But um, yeah, I, I don't even mess around with it. Because honestly, Chris, I'm old school, man. I, you know, I'm a social guy. I like writing scripts. Yeah, I like coming up. I like writing captions. And now I'm starting to think like, damn, I'm I'm like... I'm like that old fashioned person who, when typewriters came out, they said they preferred to use a pen and paper, right? It's, it's, um, I've even got to shift my own mindset a little bit because this is, this is really fascinating the possibilities that exist. Yeah. Um, and very much agree. And that I think there's not, I think quotes get old and trite, but there's one that I think fits this and fits what we're going through. I love it. It's from Abraham Lincoln. But the best way to predict your future is to create it. Like this is one of those times to really understand what do you want to build? There are things that I wanted to build in the past that were just too heavy or too big for me to do, but knowing the tools today, it's much easier to pick that up and run with it. And so even as like as a real estate agent, considering what people want to build and what they want to do, if they're not learning these tools, they may be ignoring something that they really want to do that's a lot easier than they think because they're still using the old tools. And so very much agree. Uh, the use cases two months from now are going to be different than today. Um, and it's neat because... I get to access your genius and Tristan's and everybody else's as far as what they're using. And then we get to look into other industries and see what other thought leaders in those industries are using yeah. and bring them back together. And so that collective genius and where this is going, to me, that's much more exciting than the actual technology itself. It's the use cases that we all come up with together. One million percent. Chris, it's been a pleasure, man. Uh, this is fun. I'm excited now that, uh, that I've just conceived an idea and uh, I'm going to we're going to, we're going to talk as soon as, uh, as soon as we end this and uh, schedule the next one, man. Looking forward to it. Sounds great. You too. Appreciate it. Today's podcast is brought to you by Power ISA, the industry experts in real estate ISAs. Get more appointments. Make sure your follow-up gets done on time and you get the most out of your leads. Get a great ISA for real estate on your team and watch the results roll in. Power ISA has served over 1,200 agents in the U.S. and Canada since 2015, and it's the one-stop shop for everything you need to get a great inside sales agent on your team. Whether it's setting appointments with your internet leads or making outbound prospecting calls to help you get more listings, Power ISA can get it done for you. Visit PowerISA.com forward slash LCA to get started. That's PowerISA.com forward slash LCA.